Hello, beauties, my kings, queens, and in-betweens. You are tuning into Divine Queries with the Mystical Minister. I am a queer spiritual healer, minister, coach, advocate, and teacher, and I identify with the pronouns of she and her, and I respect how you choose to identify. I am the spiritual magic of a queer POC author, and I'm here to support you in igniting your freedom and being able to be who you are, wherever you are. So let's dig right into today's episode. Let's go. Hello, 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 beauties, and welcome to today's episode. Today's episode is going to be Ayurveda one on 101, not one-on-one, but we are here with Jojo Tatema Jackson, and it is kind of like you're having your own private session with her because she is a professional and specialist in Ayurvedic ways of eating, life, the whole entire thing, as well as an extremely powerful and amazing yogi. And she also goes by the yogi basis. So that means that she does that as well. She is truly a Jackie of all trades. And Jojo, welcome to the show. Thank you. Yes. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Yes. I'm so happy that you're here too. And we have something really great coming up. We're getting ready to collaborate and have some workshops in Nashville in October. Yes, we are. We are. We have um, two workshops. So on October 4th, we're going to be doing an ecstatic movement workshop in East Nashville at Tell You the Yoga. And uh, that's a Friday evening. And then the next day on Saturday, uh, October 5th, we're going to be doing a mini retreat in Murfreesboro. Um, that's going to be focused around self-care, self-healing, and finding um, a sense of connection to to your divine nature. So that's going to also be another uh, great one that that I I, I can't wait to lead, to co-facilitate these with you. It's really exciting. <laughs> it really, really is the the chemistry that we'll have and like our magic individually and the urban mystics that we are. We're going to bring it together, and it's just going to be simply one of the most powerful collaborations that I've had this year. And I don't, we haven't even done it yet, but I just know in the energy that we're creating in and when we've come together, what's been created from that. And then I'm so happy that I was able to be in Nashville so we could have a face-to-face meeting. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Definitely. That was, that was absolutely wonderful. Um, I, I'm, I know that there's going to be so much just, beauty and, and healing and, and, and just transformation that's yes. going to come out of uh, these two workshops that we're going to be doing, you know, transformation of, of, of self, connecting deeper to, to, to your own creativity, to your sensuality, to your energies, um, and, 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 and starting to learn how to, you know, to, to let go of what's not serving you. And not just in kind of like that, that, that way that we kind of hear it all the time these days, kind of like, you know, that let that shit go sort of thing, but really <laughs> starting to to look inward and, and, and observe not only what's not serving you on the outside and like the people that aren't serving you or the the stuff that really what you're doing on your own, that, that it's time to let go of those attachments, you know, and, 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 and grow and transform. 
there. Yes. So yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to yes. be good stuff. Yes, yes, yes. And so we, you live in Nashville. I used to live in Nashville, born and raised there. And we met, I believe, in the music scene, but it seems like so long ago. Um, but I remember yeah. when I saw you play, I was like, oh my God, she's so amazing. I was like completely <laughs> fangirling. Like, who is this person? And yeah, that's, that's you, you were this amazing bassist. And also like you have a great voice as well. I remember hearing you saying too. So let's start there. Like, tell us a little bit about how you got the name, the Yogi Bassist and how you began this, this uh, path of life. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, Yogi Bassist, that's kind of my, my, it started off funny enough as my Instagram, my, uh, Instagram uh, username. And um, I've been playing music since I was a kid, since I was like 10, started off in like, you know, like, orchestra and band and marching band playing euphonium tuba clarinet uh bass clarinet all this stuff and um started playing bass when i was like 21 and uh just played in bands throughout all of my 20s rock and roll bands punk bands funk bands reggae bands like if 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 someone needed a bassist i was there right you know so i was playing in this band um when i uh was living in nashville um and and we we just started, you know, we, we started touring, we got signed to a record label. And I mean, at that time is also when I was starting to do my yoga teacher training. And I, I've been teaching yoga now for a little over five years, about five and a half years. Um, and that's also about when um, the band that I was in started going out to tour. And um, so, so I would teach yoga part-time. I would, you know, go out on tour with the band and play bass and all around the country. And I would also practice yoga, you know, on my own. I would just leave myself in practice wherever, wherever we were because it was what helped me stay grounded. I mean, when you're traveling, and we'll get into this in Ayurveda, you know, it's very what's called a vata deranging. Mm. And, and it can leave you feeling super unrooted, um, which happens a lot to people that do a lot of traveling. A lot of traveling musicians, you know, you, we get super uh, ungrounded feeling like you don't have a home. You know, your van becomes your home yes. um, or, or, your, or your tour bus, you know. So, um, so I would just do yoga and play my bass. And I would start to, as I was traveling around, I was like, you know what, I'm going to start taking pictures, uh, do, you know, just doing yoga in, at the venue or, you know, at these cool places, I would play festivals all the time, South by Southwest and, and you know, play Bonnaroo and all these things. And um, and I would just start taking pictures. My bandmates would take pictures for me and I would just start posting them to my Instagram page um, back when Instagram like really wasn't like a huge <laughs> sort of thing. Um, and 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 I was just like, well, heck, like I'm, I'm, a, I'm a yoga teacher. I'm a yogi and I play bass. I'm a bassist. So it makes sense to just marry those two yes. as my Instagram name as the yoga basis. Yeah. And, um, and from there it's just kind of turned into my, uh, I guess, I don't know for lack of a better word, my, my brand as a yoga teacher, <laughs> but you know, it's my website. It's my, it's my, it's, you know, I also do sound baths as well. I do traditional sound baths, with, like singing bowls and, and, and gongs and such. And, and then I'm also uh, doing electronica sound baths. Me and my, my partner, um, we, we recently have been diving into synth, 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 um, synth sounds and, and got a synth rig together and just doing like, uh, uh, you know, modules of, of, of sound and manipulating that to create, you know, 
sound baths and healing sounds, healing tones. So, so music and vibration and sound is very important to me, not only because I'm a musician, but, you know, in the space of yoga and healing and meditation, you know, everything vibrates, mm-hmm. you know, everything emits a frequency at the very, not beyond the cellular level at the atomic level, you know, everything's vibrating atoms, you know, the, the neutrons and the, and the electrons and, and, and protons are, they're all vibrating a little bit. And from those little tiny vibrations, you know, we have these bigger frequencies, you know, and the whole universe is vibrating. Um, in fact, the, the sound of the universe is that, is that wonderful sound. Oh, mm-hmm. you know, and it supposedly vibrates at about 4.32 Hertz, you know, so it's not that you can actually hear it because that's, lower than the, than the, uh, spectrum of, of audible sound. Um, but you feel it. Right. So, so that's really even now kind of getting into Ayurveda, like that's very much about what this sort of system of healing is, is, is learning to trust your intuition, your gut feeling and that higher sense of wisdom. So starting to really become what's great about Ayurveda is, you know, it, it's very, it creates a very intuitive framework in which you not, not, I mean, me as a practitioner, you know, I help to guide people. Um, but it really helps the person, the individual, whether it's me or you or, or your, your, your loved ones, it helps you start to learn how to listen to your own vibrations, to your, your innate knowledge, that self-knowledge that we have and, and understand how to, to navigate your health. Yes. And you know, does that make sense? Yes, it does. And so we're going to dive into that super deeply here in just a second, but you just said so many great things. And as you were talking about your um, marrying of being, becoming a yoga teacher and a basis in touring, it's like, I remember when all of that was going on for you, when you guys were like doing, uh, you were, you were at Bonnaroo and you were traveling to all these places and just like kind of watching it. It was very exciting. And it is very important when traveling to create that grounding practice. So it was it's so great that you figure that out to bring in yoga. So it's not just kind of, you're just kind of floating all over the, the place, feeling ungrounded. I used to travel a lot for work. I used to work in substance abuse and I would travel all over. Yeah. And I started to bring like my, my sanctuary with me. Like I learned that I needed to bring those things with me to feel like a sense of home. And yeah. um, then it made home feel so much, so much better when I was actually there. So, um, yeah, yes. And I know a lot like there are a lot of people that travel a lot that travel a ton. Like it's a part of their life. It's a part of who they are, the whole wonderlust movement. So I'm excited for us to get into talking about some things that they can utilize for them. And um, and then so like you going from that to this and it's also a part of you. It's like you've just kind of gathered more parts of you, more expressions of you, more of who you really are in this world by bringing in the Ayurveda. And I love that you do have the sound modality. I actually made, I was speaking about this earlier today about the vibration and the frequencies and the healing nature of adding in the the musical tones, the, the different sound healing modalities that we have. I just was, um, I received my training in Starseed Harmonic and that is so powerful. And it's with using a tuning fork and chimes. And I'm so glad that we have all of these things available to us because everything is energy. Everything is vibrational and we get to tap into that. That's here. 
And so I love that you bring this with you. And Ohm, if we just woke up in the morning and just did like 10 Ohms, that tapping into creation energy and universal energy would really set us off great. So I'm giving that to you guys as like a practice invitation. 10 Ohms in the morning when you wake up, you're not really great at meditating or you can't sit still for that long. Just like 10 slow Ohms. And that'll set you into like a good vibrational um, key, a good vibrational setting. So Thank you for saying that because I was resonating with everything that you were saying. And now let's jump into Ayurveda. Like, what is Ayurveda? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So the word Ayurveda means um, the science of longevity. Mm. So Ayur is is longevity um, or, or life. And Veda means science. So the science of longevity, that's all Ayurveda means. Wow. <laughs> um, but it being, I know, so simple, but that being so simple, it's like Ayurveda, so it's been around for thousands of years. It's, it, it's, it's the, the ancient holistic um, uh, health and wellness practice that comes out of India. Um, Ayurveda uh, kind of, you know, came up uh, parallel to yoga, so oftentimes Ayurveda is called a, a sister science of yoga because a lot of the basis of of of, um, of Ayurveda and its philosophical and its and its um, and its its kind of proto scientific basis is the same um, philosophical and proto scientific basis that yoga has. And I say proto science because um, these Vedic uh, 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 sciences, they're very much, uh, they come from a scientific method, you know, but it's not the, the contemporary, um, like deductive reasoning, mm-hmm. like scientific method that we know now, you know, um, that empirical, uh, scientific method is a proto science. And, and I mean that those ancient sages and rishis and, and yogis, they weren't just kind of like going by just pure mysticism. There was uh, there was logic behind it. There were systems of, of logic that were used called the Shadarshan that um, that that were that that that's how the yogis were able to kind of understand the world around them. So there was definitely a method, a very specific methodology in which yoga, Ayurveda, and all these other Vedic sciences come out of. Um, which is why um, you know they, they're still so relevant today. Because since it did come out of a scientific method, although a proto-scientific method compared to like our modern uh, contemporary techniques, it's still like back then, like the, the knowledge of the atom was still there. You know, like yogis talk about like, you know, these very basic particles make up all of, of, of creation, you know. So there is still an understanding, a scientific understanding, a mathematical understanding of, you know, the cosmos, of the earth and of the body. In fact, um, one of the uh, one of the 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 the, the, the revered um, rishis um, and, and doctors of Ayurveda, um, there's a couple. Although it's believed that these people might have actually been the same person, um, but one of them is is a is a, is Shushruta, and Sushruta is credited as the as the first physician that ever performed a surgery. And he was an Ayurvedic physician, you know, so Ayurveda has a canon of knowledge that includes surgical techniques, that includes um, pediatrics, that includes um, ophthalmology, that includes gynecology, um, basically, you know, like kind of like um, internal medicine, which in Ayurveda that's called chikitsa and um, and all these other techniques that really give Ayurveda a broad 
uh, scope of, of, of usage, whether it be in a very specific technique, um, which you'd see in, like, say, India, if you were to go to, like, the Ayurvedic hospitals and such, you know, to just at-home remedies to allow people to connect to themselves at a deeper level. So Ayurveda is is available for everyone. And um, and Ayurveda, you know, the, the the foundation of Ayurveda is to is for to help uplift humanity from suffering, you know, for everyone, not just people that can afford it or not afford it or not just for people that are you know, of a certain, you know, race or, or socioeconomic or a certain, you know, like uh, sexual orientation or anything, you know, it's for everyone. Um, and, and so it's a, it's a beautiful space of, of, um, of equality and equanimity through that, mm. you know, so that everyone can start to learn how to take care of themselves from really basic things. Say right now, I've been suffering from allergies this month um, and I've been able to, you know, kind of treat it at home through through my medicated neti pot and through um blends of herbs that i've been drinking for and for to help decongest my sinuses um and it's like other than that i would might be stuck to have to like go buy claritin you know and take like an over-the-counter and then also have all the side effects that come from that you know yeah um you know so so it's really great it's really intuitive uh stuff that you can start to learn um and, and, it, and there's just a myriad of health benefits. And what's really nice about it is that it changes with you, you know? So Ayurveda isn't like a one size fits all, you know, you, you adapt. And a, and a part of it, the adaptability of Ayurveda is the fact that it's, it, it stems from, from, from the, the rhythms of nature and the observation of the rhythms of nature, the rhythms of the cosmos, and obviously how that all plays out on the rhythms of, of the life cycle. Yeah. So I want you to give, um, the recipe of the tea that you're using for your decongestion, because I think that so, so many people, we have all of these things available to us from the earth, from these ancient teachings, from Ayurveda Mm -hmm. and from different cultures that, I mean, like from the earth, we can heal. And so yeah. if you can just give that little recipe that you have that you're using, so anyone who may be having the same allergies or dealing with any kind of congestion issues, they can utilize it as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want me to say it right now or yes. email it to you? Say, oh, it, yeah. to, say well, it right I mean, now and then we'll put it in the notes and everybody can see it too. Yeah, yeah, that's probably better. Some of the ingredients, now I'll let you know, it's not the best tasting tea, right? <laughs> because it's a little medicinal. Um but it, it's effective. It's effective. And, um, and I'll definitely email that to you. And, and I'd love to help to, I know that a lot of people are probably suffering, especially if you live in the Southeast United States. Um, there's a good chance that you're suffering from awful allergies right now. So, um, so I feel you, I see you and hopefully I can help you. Yes. A little bit some tea. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So, so kind of where, so beyond also then the kind of that, that proto-scientific and that, that, that the philosophical um, foundation of, of Ayurveda, um, one of the things that we get from it is, is what's called um, the system of the doshas. Yes, which is doshas, so yeah. important. And what basically in the Western world, to my, like what I've seen across the board is what Ayurveda has been like deducted down to over here is like, it's all about the doshas. So, yeah, but that's not it. And, <laughs> yeah. The dosha. And, and in a way it, in a way it isn't, but a way 
in in one way, yeah, like the doshas are super important because everything is is connected to the doshas. You know, your body, nature, uh, the life cycle, the the, 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 the time of, of the day, you know, the 24-hour cycle, it's all connected to the doshas. You know, all the body has its link to the doshas. The doshas then have their link to what to the five elements. Um and uh, and those five elements are are pretty much the basic building blocks of of everything that we know of creation, and that comes out of out of philosophy um, called Samkhya philosophy, which which is again one of those those foundational uh, philosophies of, of of Ayurveda, and it comes from India. And pretty much in a nutshell, there's these five uh, elements. Um, and I say them in this order because it's kind of important to think of them like this. So the first one is ether. And ether is the lightest of those elements. It only contains ether. And ether is like it's space. It's the environment that everything exists. So that's the first element. The second element is air. And air is, uh, it comprises air and ether. So air has ether in it, right? Ether has nothing else in it but ether. So air has air and ether. And air is is air right it's the wind blowing it's the movement of things air is, is a is a is a transform or, or is a a movement an energy of movement and then there is the next element is fire and fire has in it air and ether so it's heavier right all the elements are getting heavier um fire right it's hot it's 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 oily it's 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 uh it's sharp and it's penetrating and we all know what fire is right so that's getting a little more tangible than say like ether is and then there's water water has in it ether air fire right so it's getting even heavier and we know we all know what water is you know it, it flows it's, it's it's wet you know it's uh it's it's, it's cold kind of you know um and it's it's kind of a uh, like a chemical energy fire is a transformative energy right um and and then the last element is air or pardon me earth and earth has all the other elements, right? So it has ether, air, fire, water. Earth is the heaviest. And it's the most tangible because it's where it's it's where everything exists, right? So earth is rock. It's our bodies, you know, it's and well but and and it's 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 nature, you know, it's everything that we can hold and that, you know, stinks and has a richness to it, right? So that's the five elements. The three doshas kind of simplify. The, the, the energies of those five elements to make them a little more understandable. And what's believed is that these three doshas from Ayurveda is the basis of what we know in the West as those three uh, bodily humors that come out of the, the Greek philosophy, phlegm and bile and, um, and wind, right? So they kind of, they're actually very much analog analogous. Vata, which is uh, comprised of the elements of uh, ether and air, it's kind of like wind in the uh, in the in the Greek uh, humors. Um, pitta, which is composed of fire and water, is like bile in in the Greek system. And uh, kappa, which is composed of, of water and earth, is like phlegm in the Greek system. Right. So so it's believed that that Greeks and and and, and the cultures, the ancient cultures in the West would go to India to learn Ayurveda and to bring that back with them to their cultures. Ayurveda is considered the mother of all medicine, not only because it's like one of the most ancient systems of, of medicine and, and uh, healing, but also because it's like, 
very nurturing, just like how a mother nurtures her child, you know? So, so it's this very uh, nurturing and healing system that, that takes it all in and allows you to have access, you know? So those are the three, those are the three um, doshas. And those three doshas, everything is made up of the doshas. So our bodies have all three of those doshas in them. Um, the, 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 the 24 hour cycle is broken up into the three doshas. The seasons of the year are connected to those three doshas. Right. And, and everything is kind of moving in this space of flux, you know, through, uh, the dominant doshas. So within our own bodies and our own systems. So we have all three of the doshas in our body. Um, because we need them, right? Uh, uh, kapha is is our cohesion. It is phlegmy. It's 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 mucus. It's it's synovial fluid. You know, it's it's spit like saliva. You know, and it's this and 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 it keeps us together. It's our cohesion. It's our immunity. Pitta is our digestion, right? It's it's it is bile. It's 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 digestive fluids. It's the fire of our intelligence, uh, the 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 sharpness of our vision, you know, the radiance of our skin and the warmth of our body. And and vata is is wind, right? It's it's the movement of everything inside of us. So it's our nerve impulses. It's the it's the force that moves everything. Because without vata. Pitta wouldn't be able to do its thing. And without Vata, Kapha wouldn't be able to do its thing. So Vata, for that reason, is considered the master dosha um, because it moves all of it. Um, but everyone might be a little more dominant. So say for me personally, I'm dominant in Pitta and Kapha, right? So I'm what you call a dual Prakriti person. But all people have a special combination of, of, of their doshic makeup that creates what's called their Prakriti, that word that I said earlier. And Prakriti means nature, you know, so that's your natural constitution of your unique doshic, like, like blueprint. So, so one person might be primarily vata, you know, and they're a vata prakriti. One person might be primarily pitta, so they have a pitta prakriti. And then another person's primarily kappa, so they have a kappa prakriti. And then there's a lot of people that have dual doshas, like me. There's people that are vata Pitta, or their pitta kapha, like I am, or their vata kapha, and very few people have what's called a uh, a tridoshic prakriti, where they have all three of the doshas in equal balance in their body, um, which is actually a, a good thing because when the dosha that you're most dominant in is the dosha that's most likely to go out of balance. So if you're primarily just pitta most likely it'll just be pitta dosha that goes out of balance. For me being primarily pitta kappa, I have a chance of both pitta and kappa dosha going out of balance. <laughs> um, right? You know, and if you're if you have all three doshas prominent in your body, then all three doshas can go out of balance at any time. Okay, so uh, on that note, I'm Pitta, and I think I had like an Ayurvedic consultation like five or so years ago. And then I had another one a couple years ago because I was like, oh, and then this year. Um, Rich and I were going to do, we were like, we're going to be Ayurvedic. We're just going to, we're going to do it. And then we looked into it and we were doing all this studying. And I was like, man, this is really, really in depth. And I get the benefits of it. And there is a way to allow it to fit and to allow it to flow and to allow it to be without it being so extreme and so overwhelming. Um, What I really loved is about really tuning into the time of day. And what I loved about what you've said the most is how, we are all like we have it all. There is a primary 
And then, you know, like you can, you can have a duel, you can have three or whatnot, but there is a primary that's there, but they're all dancing and commingling and all needed within us in order for us to be able to function properly and to be in balance. And so, um, and then like we working with the calendar, working with the year, working with the day, working with that 24 hour cycle, it, it is important about being in tune with the body to see like what it needs at any given time. And so being pitta, being fire. And then you it completely introduced me to the concept of them, um, of Ayurvedic feeding or the Greek system feeding off of Ayurvedic, whichever one came first. Um, but yeah. when hearing you say them, it was like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> the, the bile and the pitta, because I mean, like that gets very heated and like, you have to, you have to be able to like take care of your body, make sure that you're like, you're allowing it to be cooled down when it needs to. So it's not like too out of control. Um, and so like when you were saying those things, it really brought another level of understanding to me. And so I really do love that. And I want to know, like, we're going to go into, we're going to take a dance break. We're going to take a dance break, but then we're going to (laughs) come back and you're going to tell us about more so, um, the doshas and kind of like, okay, if this is you, then you'll have these characteristics and this is something that can support you. And so I look forward to giving the people that information here after this dance break. here with Jojo and she is going to go into some more detail on the different doshas and the characteristics and what will benefit you. So Jojo, let the people know. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, so, so kind of, yeah, getting back into the idea of the doshas. So, um, so, so say right now is, is, is moving into fall, at least if you live in the Northern hemisphere, right? We're moving into the fall equinox. That's going to be coming up in, in, in a couple weeks here. Um, so, so, so fall is, is Vata season and Vata, um, Vata, again, that's that, 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 that dosha that has air and ether in it. So even if you're not Vata, it's a good idea to observe some Vata pacifying practices right now. Um, because Vata is going to start to have a stronger influence on us because that's what's happening in nature. And Vata dosha is the most likely dosha to go out of balance because it's so sensitive and it's so light, you know, like, so like kapha is really stable because it's water and earth, you know, and, and pitta is fairly stable too, because it's fire and water. Kap, or Vata is not very stable. It can get super erratic and it can get out of balance really easy. So if you're a Vata person, especially moving into the Vata season, good idea to start observing some Vata pacifying practices. Okay. So uh, are you saying you're you're, you're just Pitta, right? Yes. I'm just Pitta. That's all I know. But I may, if I can remember, I, maybe like, maybe I was Pitta 
Vata, or maybe that was my secondary. When you brought in the dual, I was like, "Ooh, I didn't know about dual. I knew about primary and secondary." But are you yeah. saying when what you just said? Are you saying that like even if I'm pitta, or even if I'm vata, even well not vata but kapha, and we're moving into this season, this dosha can get out of balance even if it's not primary. Yes. Okay. Yeah, vata, vata, most like, and not to mention also our society is very vata driven. It's very mm. vata deranged, kind of. And it's a little pitta deranged as well. Like, yes. if you think of our society, right? People are traveling nonstop. We have like immediate instant communication to everything, you know, very little attention span because people are so used to having things immediately and now, you yes. know, people can't wait. People are very antsy because we're encouraged to multitask and multifunction and just do, do, do. But then there's also that pitta derangement where you have to be extra productive, like your productivity needs to be really high. You need to get a lot done. You need to achieve. You need to make a lot of money, you know. So then there's other things that we can talk about as far as like, you know, Rajas and Thomas and all this stuff. But Ooh. our society, our Western society is already kind of vata deranged, right? Yeah. There's a lot of vata influence. So even if you're not a vata person, like say I don't have vata in my constitution primarily, you know, but I feel it. Like I feel myself. Like I mean, like t- like are you like already worried about the holidays by any chance? I'm in 2020. Like I am, <laughs> I am in 2020 planning 2020. Like I'm already there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's like, so, so, so right now, since we're in the Vata season, even if you're not a Vata person, it's a good idea to, to, to try to ground. So Vata does good to ground. Because Vata is naturally ungrounded and doesn't have any earth to it. Vata is, is benefits from some grounding activity. So mm. like right now is a good time to, you know, uh, be at, be at, spe- figure out some time at home, you know, some time at home that you can cook like a warm, nourishing meal, you know, Vata is naturally kind of cold. Um, and Vata people especially tend to be kind of cold. So, um, so having like a nice, warm, nourishing meal, you know, um, being, being present in, in, in this moment. So like not worrying about the fact that Christmas is coming up in four months and, <laughs> and not getting like whisked away with like all of like the movement that's happening and the marketing that like is encouraging us to like not be here right now. Yeah. But like, you know, like, like, like get to bed early, you know, and, 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 um, and get rest, you know, Vata can get a part of Vata derangement is like not, not sleeping, you know, not Mm. getting enough rest for your body to like rejuvenate itself, you know, and for your mind to rejuvenate. Does does that make sense? Absolutely. And it makes a lot of sense right now. I was just meeting with um, someone who owns a yoga studio and she's just like, I've been in this constant like creation mode, like do, 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 go, go, go. And I'm just finally like, I have to retreat. So it's like right on, right on with, with the the energy that's happening right now. I love Mm -hmm. that. I love how it all comes back to it just ex- further explains something else. Like they all kind of feed one another the the um, knowledges and the wisdom of the universe, which is what this this comes from. It is definitely ancient. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It really is. You know, so. Um, so and so so kind of going on that, you know, so Vata people, you know, definitely observe Vata 
pacifying practices right now. You know, getting rest, not not being on your phone in your bed. <laughs> you know, mm. like if you're in bed, go to bed. <laughs> uh, you know, eating warm, nourishing foods that 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 are you know grounding and heavy. You know, some right now is a great time to make some delicious stews. You know, there's a lot of great you know delicious seasonal items that you can start picking up right now, like winter squashes. Um, even I've already started to see, at least here in Tennessee. You know, there's already an availability of of some winter greens. You know, cabbages are starting to come around and um, and 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 leafy greens. So eating 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 um, some some good healthy like leafy greens and and and, and nourishing like dense foods, you know, casseroles, you know, and not like not getting into like the canned stuff or using like stuff that is like really heavy with preservatives, but like making like a casserole from scratch, you know, um, so, uh, that sort of stuff is like really good, you know, so like kind of like the comfort foods a little bit, you know, if you're, if you're a pitta person, you know, um, with your pitta, I have pitta, you know, um, Pitta people are usually really, really warm blooded, you know, usually Pitta people are running kind of hot. So, so even though we're moving into Vata season right now and you want to do some Vata like pacifying practices, probably Pitta people don't need to eat too much super warming food because that can just start to aggravate Pitta. So if you're Mm. a Pitta person right now in this Vata season, I would probably recommend to, to do more self-care sort of practices that are revolving around around uh, vata pacifying. You know, so like massaging your feet with like some like nice like abhyanga oil or some sort of like self-like massage, you know, some loving self, self-massage techniques, you know. Um, uh, so massaging the feet, massaging the scalp with oil and doing this before Ooh. you go to bed is awesome. You know, like I do this before I go to bed, I'll massage my feet with some oil and I'll massage my scalp. I'll put a little lavender oil in, in, in like some sesame and it's like, puts me out, you know? Um, <laughs> so, so things like, yeah, you know what I mean? So things like that. I am really literally yeah, sitting up? here massaging my foot and rubbing my scalp. I'm like, oh my God, this sounds so good. I'm just going to do it right now. Yeah, do it. yeah, absolutely. You know I mean? There's, there's, it's a, it's a great thing to start practicing, you know? And if you have a partner... Oh. You know, it's something that you can do for your partner and you can have your partner do it for you. You know, it's a great way to, 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 to just create a, a, a loving environment, you know, and to, and to bond, you know. Yes. So, so those are some, and also a good thing for, for Pitta people, instead of, again, uh, not necessarily doing all like the eating the warm foods and all that too, too much, but just um, taking some downtime. Pitta people are super productive and, <laughs> and tend to be workaholics. Uh, at least I know that I am. And yeah. Shauna, something tells me you are. <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't claim it anymore, but I'm like, I'm going to rest today. And then I'm like, but I'm going to do a thousand things because now all this stuff is coming to my mind. And I must do it right now. Right, right. You know, so, so, so give yourself some downtime, downtime to take it easy, you know, treat yourself to, you know, a nice bath, get a massage. Body work is so important, you know, um, and, and, and be with, be present with your loved ones. Again, if you have a family or if you have a partner, you know, put some time aside, put down your laptop, put down your work. Um, and, 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 and just be present and be with the people that you love, Mm -hmm. you know, um, Mm -hmm. for couple people right now, 
Um, uh, uh, you know, warm food is also important for kapha people because kapha also uh, tends to be cold. Not necessarily as cold as vata people, um, but kapha people tend to be kind of cold as well. So, so eat warm foods, but let them be warm and light, you know, let mm. them be spicy more than like dense, you know? So, 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 so having, having like light soups that are like well spiced, you know, like I love the, like, I love miso soup. I'm a vegetarian and I love miso soup. That's one of my go-to soups and it's light it's nourishing, but you can, and, and it's warming and you can really add some like nice, like heat to it, you know, like some, uh, some togarashi pepper or, um, or something like that, you know, so, or even just chop up like some chilies and throw in there, you know, so Ooh. always making sure to add some heat. Yeah. Get it hot. Now pick the people. No, don't, don't do it. Don't you're like, no, out. no, no, Shauna, don't listen to this. <laughs> you know, and that's the hard thing because like pick the people, you, uh, there in in Ayurveda is one of the one of the um, the logics that Ayurveda follows is that like uh, like attracts like and like increases like mm. so pizza people tend to love spicy food yeah you know I you know they they'll eat they'll eat I love spicy food and my family is Jamaican so I grew up eating a lot of spicy but um but try to if you're if you're pizza try to avoid too much spicy food. Because you're already, we're already naturally hot. And especially like if you live in the Southeast, it's even though we're transitioning to fall, I mean, it's right here in Nashville right now, it's like 95 degrees. And so that's like, really Because it's <laughs> you know, humid. It's lay off the heat, lay off the heat, lay off the heat a little bit, cool yourself down. It's up, you know? Okay. Um, so Jojo, because I, uh, I tried to do like raw veganism for a while and yeah. I tried to do all of that stuff and I... I'm not a huge fan of cold food and I can, I can like adjust and make myself eat, but I also want to enjoy my food. So I'm just going to be selfish for a second. And, and hopefully this is also supportive for the other pizzas, but what kind of food would you recommend in this time instead of like hot food and maybe not so much just raw food? What was another option? Yeah. Oh no, totally. That's a great question. You know, so, so pizza people have the power of digestion right? So pizza people typically tend to have a little bit of an iron stomach mm. and can digest like anything. So pizza people do okay to eat some raw food here and there. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't say to like subside, like subsist on or, uh, or exist completely on, on raw food um, because everyone's a little different, you know? So like uh, since again, Ayurveda doesn't do the one size fits all, you know, like eat some raw food. It's good to have like a salad, you know, and, 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 and have some raw fruit, you know, some raw vegetables. Um, but, but also make sure to get in there like some, some, what a good flavor. So in Ayurveda, um, a lot of, a lot of medicine has to do with taste, you know? Mm. So digestion is really important in Ayurveda. And, and a part of that is also because of, of Ayurveda recognizes that, um, Taste is really important for your body to understand what to do with the food that it takes in. And there's six tastes that are that are um, a part of the Ayurvedic system. Uh, the first taste is sweet, and that's the front of the tongue. The second taste is salty. The third taste is sour. The fourth taste is uh, what's called pungent, which mm -hmm. is like spicy foods, um, spicy flavors. 
the fifth taste is um is 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 astringent and the sixth and astringent is like kind of light kind of like can like just kind of dry up your mouth kind of like like coffee a little bit you know um or or like uh some leafy greens uh blueberries are even kind of astringent and then the sixth taste is bitter and we all know what bitter is usually bitter to us can kind of translate to like poison (laughs) you know or something that you don't want to swallow because bitter is a pretty hard flavor to take down now all six of those flavors they actually connect to the doshas Uh (laughs) Um, and and those and the five elements i know right go figure (laughs) so 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 sweet well, actually, let me ask you, Shauna, what's your favorite? What, what's your favorite type of flavor? Out of all of those? Yeah. Um, I would say pungent and yeah, let's, that would be like my favorite. Yeah. Pungent. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's, you know, that, that's probably because you're Pitta, you know, and, and there's another, there's a whole other side to like the Prakriti. There's also your imbalances, just called the Kriti. And as we grow up, sometimes we can carry the critiques for so long that we think that there are, we can carry imbalance for so long that we think that it's our nature. Mm. Not saying that that's where you are, but yeah. that, you know, that's something that can happen, you know? Absolutely. Um, and our body's always in a state of like balance and imbalance, you know, like it, it's always happening, you know? But yeah, so you said that you like, you, you like, you like pungent food, pungent. And then you said, uh, and you said, astringent no but I was thinking that I was just like but you said my favorite because I mean like I will sit and eat kimchi all day like I can just sit and eat it all day and I love it you like pickles I love pickles (laughs) okay so pickles pickled stuff is considered in in Ayurveda pickle is a sour flavor which is pitta aggravating or it's a pitta flavor so sweet is a kapha flavor uh salty increases kapha sour increases pitta pungent increases pitta um astringent increases vata and bitter increases vata so if you think of right i know (laughs) so so if you're really into kimchi and you really like those spicy and those sour flavors those are pitta flavors. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and guess what? Guess what else? What? Pitta people shouldn't eat too much pickled <laughs> Guess what else, Shauna? I'm about to burst your bubble. Stop I eating know, that. I know. Oh, like man. When I tell people they shouldn't drink too much coffee. People are like, what are you talking about, Jojo? I don't even know what you just said. <laughs> Oh man. Okay. I receive that. Cause I'm definitely like radically healthy, radically healthy. want to be as healthy as possible. So but I will definitely cut that. The thing back. though is that like in a lot of like the modern, like kind of like holistic wellness and such, it's like, Oh yeah. Eat all the probiotics, eat so much pickled stuff, eat so much, you know, kimchi and drink all the kombucha and ferment everything. But it's not good. Like it's not the best for everyone. Like yeah. the people don't need to eat too much fermented foods because they already have a pretty healthy, like pitta people typically already have a, a fairly strong digestive system. 
Man. So need any more help. Now I've moved into denial. I'm like, no, maybe I'm Kappa. Maybe who did my maybe who did my thing was not accurate. When I come there, we're gonna do another one. I know. It's like I take that back. I'm not to Kappa. I'm not to Kappa. But that being said, Kappa people shouldn't eat too much sweets. Even fruit, you know, like mangoes and, and bananas and and, 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 and all those things, Kappa people shouldn't eat too much sweet stuff or too much salty stuff. And then Vata people, which not that I, I don't think there's any Vata people that are going to freak out about this, but Vata people shouldn't eat too many leafy greens. Oh, Vata, yeah. or at least not too many, too much raw leafy yes. greens. Some cooked stuff is okay, but Vata people, since they have a more sensitive digestion and, and that bitter and that astringent is already like a part of their makeup. They don't need more bitter astringent stuff because they are already naturally bitter and astringent. I, that sounds like an insult. But. <laughs> <laughs> you can insult people with the Ayurvedic lingo. Yeah, you're just bitter and astringent. So, okay. So everybody's not overwhelmed. And you've done a really great job of breaking all of this down and making it very easy to digest. So I'm glad. And we should have had this conversation in January. It's so funny. Um, But like, what would be, how would you advise people? Because this is what you do. And I'm definitely going to get you to share all of your information so people can find you. But what would be like the step, like the baby steps into applying the Ayurvedic principles and way of eating into your life? Yeah. Start small. Start simple because like you were saying earlier, you, you mentioned about how it can be so overwhelming. Like there's so much like to do and not to do. And like it, it, it starts small. And that's how I advise all of my clients, you know, that people that work with me, it's like, I'll create recommendations that will include lifestyle changes, yoga, meditation, diet, all this stuff. But just pick like two or three things off of the list and work on that, right? So if you're working on your diet, just like work on one thing at a time. Maybe it's working on not eating too much kimchi. (laughs) (laughs) Right? So I'm not saying like take it out cold turkey and then you're over there shaking because you want kimchi, right? Like, Like just maybe only eat it like a few times a week. I'm so glad you said that because I've already like thrown it in the trash and like banned kimchi from my life forever. So that's how I roll. So I definitely will ease out of right. it. And that's the pitta in you. All right, <laughs> screw this kimchi. I'm over it, right? Like immediately. But yeah, just, yeah, don't throw it out. Grab it out of the trash. Put it back in your refrigerator. And just don't eat it every day, you know? Don't eat it with every meal, you know? Um, it's kind of the, it's kind of the same way that people can start to go vegetarian. Yeah. Start to cut it out of your diet, you know, just start to say, okay, I'm only going to eat meat like one meal. If you're a, if you're an every meal meat eater, just eat meat once a day and then maybe try eating meat three times a week, you know, every other day. In fact, for, um, for pizza people and in Ayurveda it's recommended. Vegetarianism is recommended, um, but it's also like accepted that some people need meat at yeah. different points in their life for different reasons. Like Vata people, since they don't have all that density about them, Vata people, it's usually recommended that Vata people maybe maintain meat in their diet. For a Kappa person who already has all that density, they, it's recommended for Kappa people to, to observe vegetarianism and don't eat any meat. 
And for pizza people, vegetarianism is good too, or very little meat, you know, but yeah, just start small. You know, um, if you're looking to take on some Ayurvedic recommendations in your diet, you know, just, just, yeah, a little bit at a time, maybe again, it's just cutting out how much kimchi you're eating, cutting out how much meat you're eating, being, being more mindful of the quality of the food that you're eating, you know? So, so maybe a part of that is not eating uh, stuff that comes out of a bag, mm. you know, or that comes out of a can, you know, or comes out of a freezer package, you know, and, and starting to make a, an effort to, to cook, you know, make home cooked meals. Cause that's where it's going to be most nourishing. Home cooked meals are always going to have the, they're, they're, the, the bioavailability of a home cooked meal is way beyond what you get out of a bag out of your freezer or out of a can. Yes. Or out of a restaurant because you know exactly what's gone into because you made it in your own home. So that is all very easily applicable. So I'm so glad that you broke that down. Um, And so you guys, there you have it. Like if you feel called to try out this, and I do believe that Ayurveda is for everybody and it's understood that not everybody eats the same way or needs the same way. And I believe that that's such a fluid way of being. And so if you guys feel called to that, please listen to this, take notes, and then Jojo will give you her information. So you guys can work yeah. with her because she is a practitioner and she works with people one-on-one. She does groups and all that stuff. So Jojo, please give us your information on how we can find you and your offerings. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, my website is www.theyogibasis.com and that's, uh, um, T H E the Yogi Y O G I basis B A S S I S T.com. So the Yogi basis.com. Um, and that's also my Facebook and my Instagram handle. So on, uh, on Instagram, I'm at Yogi basis. And on Facebook, I'm at Yogi Basis Nashville. You can also email me. My email address is yogibasis at gmail.com. I'm an Ayurvedic health, um, or probably an Ayurvedic uh, health counselor. And I'm also a yoga teacher. Um, and, and the way that I approach Ayurveda when I do my private consultations and I sort of one-on-one um, work with people is it's an integrative, it's an integral system that's not just going to include um, dietary recommendations is going to include yoga, you know, that's best for your body, meditation practice that's best for you, um, recommended observations as far as lifestyle habits, tongue scraping, oil pulling, um, abhyanga massage, all these sorts of things that are so important for creating um, uh, uh, an understanding of, 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 of your baseline and starting to trust yourself and listen to like what's best for you. So yeah, reach out. Um, don't be a stranger, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely, definitely do reach out to her. And if they're in Nashville or like surrounding areas, what studios are you teaching in and where can they find you there? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I teach public classes. Um, I teach like, I think seven public classes every week. Um, you can find me at Cali Yoga Yoga in East Nashville on um, Fatherland Street. You can find me at Yoga Soul on Wedgwood, um, kind of uh, near Wedgwood and 8th Ave. Um, I teach at Liberation Yoga on 12 Ave South. And I also um, teach with Small World Yoga, which is a, a nonprofit organization here in Nashville that, um, that, that brings yoga into marginalized and underserved communities. I'm mean, at risk communities as well. So 
So there's a lot of great stuff out there, some really good options. And of course, if, if, if a studio class isn't there for you, I also, you know, if you want to do a private, I'm there for that as well. Um, I do one work, um, one-on-one work with individuals. I do, uh, private group classes, or if you ever want, if you live in Nashville and you'd like to have yoga in your workplace, um, I do corporate yoga classes and lunchtime classes, all sorts of stuff. So there's a lot of options to get out there and, um, and get the practice done. Woo. And I can speak to her group because you, you led a group. It seems so long ago. You led a group for me and some of my friends on the steps of the Parthenon. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. (laughs) It was my birthday. (laughs) So thank you for that. And thank you for your offering in this episode for everyone. And I'm so happy to be on here with you and I'm excited for what we're going to create in October. So guys, if you're in the area, come check us out the fourth and the fifth and Jojo, because this is divine queries, where do you fall on the LGBTQ plus spectrum of things? Absolutely. I am an ally. I've always been an ally um, to, to the beautiful friends and loved ones and, and, and people that are in my life that are on the spectrum of, of the LGBTQI um, community. So, so everyone's welcome in, in, in my class. Everyone is, is more than, I mean, I just love it, you know, and I love seeing the growth and the expansion and the awareness that's, that's coming up. So I'm so happy to always be an ally to anyone that, that needs that. I'm a friend for sure. Yes. All right. Safe space with Jojo guys. So definitely find her, find her, find her. And this has been our show for today. Ayurveda 101 with Jojo. You guys be blessed, remain in the light and be well until next time. Guys, I would love to stay connected with you. So find me on Instagram at I am Shauna underscore Williams. And you can also reach out to me, check out my programs, my offerings, where I'll be in the world at www.mysticalminister.com. And I am always here to support you because I truly care and love you. And I want you to be who you are, wherever you are, free from shame and in your spiritual magic. One love, all love, always love.